Hello, everyone. God bless you. Welcome to this podcast of Kingdom Moments with Reverend Henry Falcone. That's me from Flame of Fire Ministries. And it's just a blessing to be with you here uh, this evening. This is going to be a podcast, so it's a much shorter um, teaching time of where uh, we share a particular theme, one particular theme for and and discuss that. And then we put this on Spotify and we also put it on our podcast and our, our, our video podcast page on YouTube and also our our um, uh, Spotify. That's what it is. Praise God. Well, so good to be with you tonight. Thank you for joining. Really appreciate you, you coming tonight. God is so good to us. I'm just getting, making sure we're broadcasting and hopefully we are. Okay. Yep, we are. Awesome. Praise God. I can see it now. All right. Praise the Lord. If you join, um, this is a kind of a spontaneous um, broadcast. And uh, these kingdom moments are to share a particular point or theme that I think is important to the body of Christ and to faithful ministers as well. So today I'm going to be sharing uh, a teaching. Uh, it's actually an open vision given to a man called Bill Brighton called the Harness of the Lord. You may or may not be familiar with it. But what it speaks of is the process of being an overcomer a process of being becoming a king and a priest unto the Lord. One of the reasons why I felt to share this is that, you know, it was spoken of Israel that they knew the, the works of the Lord, but Moses knew the ways of the Lord. Moses' prayer was always, teach me your ways, O God, that I might know you. And this particular vision teaches us of the ways of the Lord, how the Lord forms a people, how he forms us into a royal priesthood and into, into a holy nation, how he forms us into a kingdom of kings and priests unto the Lord. We have a church age um, ministry and, and FIFO ministries that are often, you know, with, with, with good intentions to really work hard for the Lord and labor for the Lord. And, you know, and, you know, there is an almost um, quiet leading of trying to lead the Lord and where they want to go. Let's put it that way. That's the best way I can say it. And, um, this particular vision speaks about a, a restraint about how the Lord prepares us to become men and women of God. And as we enter the glory realm, as we enter the third day kingdom age, it's going to be quite necessary that as FIFO ministers that we really understand the harness of God in this particular time and the body of Christ, understand what the Lord's doing and why he's doing it. Um, from what I have seen, even in our first divine convergence, I understand why this harness is necessary. Because in the church age, you know, if you gather apostles and prophets together, they're going to be the ones that are up in front. They're doing all the ministry. Everybody else is doing all the listening for the most part. And they're bringing truths that are important, revelation that is important. But it's a teacher-student relationship. I, I speak to you, you take notes, and you receive. And in the kingdom of God and that which the Lord is about to do to bring a maturing body of Christ together, the fivefold ministers have to take on a different place, a different understanding, a different way of ministry that's going to require a tremendous harness where we begin to see that the Lord is the shepherd, the Lord is the teacher, the instructor, as we know. And when we gather together, he will use whom he will. We have a part to play in that, but we've got to be able to function. The body of Christ has to function without one person doing everything and everybody else just following. Okay, it has to be a multi-membered body building itself up in love, each part having a place. And this room for the prophets, apostles, teachers, the fivefold ministers and evangelists and pastors. Yes, 
It all functions, but differently, completely differently in the kingdom age, completely differently. Our gatherings have to be completely different than we've ever done them before. They have to be. And so um, for, for that to for that to come into existence, it's going to take a radical transformation of our thinking from the church age services, teaching, imparting how we did it to the kingdom age, which asks us to do with dwelling in his glory. And it requires a preparation. The message of the the message of the church age is salvation, but the message of the kingdom age is preparation. It's preparing a people. The Lord himself is forming a people, preparing them to rule and reign with them as overcomers, as a man child, as a bride. And also as a, um, you know, uh, I, I, uh, which one did I forget? Overcomer, man child, bride, and sons of God. That's what it is. And he's causing us to mature so that as a body of Christ, we can flow together and work together. And the FIFO ministry has to begin to identify that they're not working with babies that have to be fed. They have to realize that they're that that each one of those people are apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, teaching, pastoral because of the work that God's done in them. And now they have to take on a new role of being able to minister together with mature believers versus always being with immature believers where it's like this. You, I'm the father. You listen. You teach. This this paradigm of the kingdom age, especially of the wheel within a wheel, the overcomers, they work together like this. They work together like this. The FIFO ministry, call this a FIFO ministry, works with the rest of the body like this, jointly together. And this particular vision speak of, speaks about what God needs to do in us as ministers and also what he has to do with his people to bring us to a place where we can be trained and disciplined by the Lord. The hardest thing for a minister to do, especially when you used to ministry, is not to minister first or that need to preach, that need to apostle, that need to, to prophet. I, I learned this. I, I had to learn this the hard way by making some big mistakes along the way because I, you know, like like everyone else, I was trained in the in the church age of how to minister. And when they ask you to come and minister at a meeting, well, you minister and you do your thing and allow the Lord to use you and pray with people. And then somebody else wants another turn, let them have a turn. That's what we do in the church age. And I even see that in our apostolic and prophetic conferences. Everybody takes a turn. What I'm sharing with you tonight has nothing to do with a turn or taking a turn. It's as the spirit leads. Whomso, whomsoever, whomso, whoever he wants to, to use. And me learning, okay, that to know where my part is, where to place it, how long to place it, and to recognize the other gifts that are around me. It's not me going up there and going, I'm done, you're next. I'm done. Which is most of the apostle prophets conferences that I have seen, you know, and all the gatherings. You know, you have your speakers come up and they do their thing. In the kingdom age, it's a multi-membered body building itself up in love as Jesus as the head, Jesus as the king. And it takes us to have a discipline to be trained not to move without him, to be able to sensitive to his leading and to be sensitive to whom the Lord wants to use. That's very important. And I may have a message to bring today. Let's say I'm a pastor church. I may have a message to bring, but if I'm cultivating the Lord's presence and allowing him to come, he may bring that message through someone else. If he brings it through somebody else, then I don't need to say it. I can confirm it. He may bring half the message to somebody else. He may bring the message to somebody another way. But what I need to do is see where I fit and where you fit so that the Lord can fit us together, knit us together as one. Without, you know, I said in the church age, the FIFA ministry is up here, you know, and, 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 and everybody listen to them and come under their training. The problem is when you put those stones, those, those foundational stones on the top of the church, it crushes the smaller stones. Those five phone stones need to get underneath 
and lift up the body so they can function. And it takes a completely different mindset, a completely different understanding, a, a, a completely different wisdom from God to be able to flow with a collective body, especially of mature believers. And even young believers can flow in the spirit of God in the glory realm. And God can use a six-year-old or a 68-year-old, 68-year-old. And so what, what, what I'm reading tonight is about the discipline that's necessary to be prepared for the glory, to walk in it, to, to, to move in it, to be trained by the king himself for this day and the hour. This brother writes, his name is Bill Brighton. It was in a minister's conference and in, in convention in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that God gave me a vision, which I want to share with you concerning the harnessing of our own wills. And this is an important part. There were more than 30 ministers present to this particular Thursday morning service, and God the Father of Spirits was present to deal with his sons, to, rec to correct them, to discipline them, to absolute obedience to his will. There was such a stern dealing of the spirit that no one could go to the pulpit and minister. Now, that says something right there. There was a reluctance among the ministers, and I love that, to say anything except that which was directly ordered by the spirit. See, that's really important, recognizing that. They weren't going to do anything unless, you know, directed by the spirit. And of those men that sat there in that awesome presence of almighty God, some of them had many years of ministry, some missionaries, all of them capable of getting up and preaching a powerful sermon. See what I'm talking about here? I was impressed by the way they responded to, and this is the key, the discipline of the spirit. In the midst of this terrific dealing of God with our spirits, the Holy Ghost gave me a vision, he said. And this is so critical. And that's what I'm going to share with you today um, about how the Lord begins to harness our will so that we, so that we only move when he's moving. We don't have to be the big apostle, the big prophet, the big teacher. And I know many of you say, I, that's not what I want. And I believe you and I'm, I, that you don't want that. But there is an itch and a need to be front and center. There's an itch and a need to, to, to give everything that God has given you at that moment. I know I did it. I went to, I was invited to one meeting and I did exactly that. And I was like a fish out of water. I couldn't understand why they weren't welcoming it or receiving it because that is how I always ministered. That's all I knew. And they respectfully listened. But afterwards, I got a couple of people say something to me. And then I, I was a little offended. So I went to the, the, the host of the meeting and I spoke to him about it. And then he tried to explain to me about, about this, about, you know, allowing the spirit of God to use whom he will. And I, you know, I, I said, I know that, you know, I wasn't asked, you asked me to come up and preach. You asked me to come up and do this. So I did. But what he probably was expecting was a maturity in my, a maturity in my spirit to be able to know when and when not to. And up until that time, when I was asked to minister, I was just obedient and I ministered without any consciousness of those that were around me. And I thank God for that failure. I thank God for that mistake. It took a lot. I had to humble myself and allow God to humble me and, uh, you know, repent to, to those that were there and to repent to the to the man that was trying to teach me because I just couldn't. I honestly couldn't see it. And I understand many can't see it today either. You know, about how we flow together, even as mature sons and daughters of the Lord, how we're supposed to flow together, following the direction of the Lord, not moving without him. You see, if we can learn to do that amongst ourselves as fivefold ministers, how much more will we be able when the when we come together together with the saints, recognizing that God may use them and not us, and even use them more? Can we decrease so that the Lord can increase in others? That's the question. So, because of these men stood in that discipline of the Lord, and they were able to recognize, "I'm not moving without the Lord," 
he got this vision, which I want to share with you tonight. So that on a dirt road in the middle of a field stood a beautiful carriage. Something of an order of a stagecoach. But all edged in gold with beautiful carvings. It was pulled by six large chestnut horses. Two in the field. Oh, two in the lead. Two in the middle and two in the rear. But they were moving. Excuse me. Uh, but they were not moving. They were not pulling the carriage, and I wondered why. Then I saw under a, a I saw the driver underneath the chariot on the ground, on his back, just behind the last two horses' heels, working on something between the front wheel and the carriage. I thought, my, he's in a dangerous place, for if somehow they were, if if they would pull the, they would pull the carriage right over him. But he didn't seem afraid, for he knew that those horses were disciplined and would not move until he was till he told them to move. The horses were not stamping their feet nor acting restless. Though there were bells on their feet, their bells were not tinkling. There were pom-poms on their harness over their heads, but the pom-poms weren't moving. They were simply standing still and quiet, waiting for the voice of the master. As I watched the harness, as I watched the harness horses, I noticed two young colts coming out of the open field and they approached the carriage and seemed to say to the horses, sorry, let me get my page here. Yeah. Say to the horses, come and play with us. We have many fine games. Let me, I got to put this in place right here. Yeah. We have many fine games. We will race you. Come catch us. And with that, the Colts kicked up their heels, flicked their tails and raced across the open field. But when they looked back, the horses were not following. Yeah, I'm going to try to put this over here so I can get a look at you. The horses were not following. They were puzzled. They knew nothing of the harness and could not understand why the horses did not want to play. So they called to them, why do you not race with us? Are you tired? Are you too weak? Do you not have enough strength to run? You are much too solemn. You need more joy in your life. But the horses answered not a word, nor did they stamp their feet or toss their heads, uh, toss their heads. But they stood quiet and still waiting for the voice of the master. And then the scene changed. And I saw a lariat nooses fall around the necks of these two colts that were led off to the master's corral for training and discipline. How sad they were as the lovely green fields disappeared and they, they were put into the confinement of the corral with its brown dirt and high fence. The colts ran from fence to fence, seeking freedom, but found they were confined to this place of training. And then the trainer began to work on them with his whips and his bridle. What a death for those who had been all their lives accustomed to such freedom. Hmm. They could not understand this reason for this torture, this terrible discipline. What crime had they done to deserve this? Little did they know of the responsibility that was to be theirs when they had submitted to the disciplined, learned to perfectly obey the master and finish their training. All they knew was that this processing was the most horrible thing they had ever known. That is a word right there. And I feel that is one thing that many leaders today feel about what God is doing right now, that this is the worst thing that they've ever known. One of the coaches rebelled under the training and said, this is not for me. I like my freedom, my green hills, my flowing streams of fresh water. I will not take any more of this confinement, this, 
this terrible training. So we found a way out and jumped the fence and ran happily back to the meadows of grass. I was astonished that the master let him go and went not after him. But he devoted his attention to the remaining colt. This colt, though he had the same opportunity to escape, decided to submit to his, his own will and learn the ways of the master. You hearing me? Submit his will to learn the ways of the master. That's what I had to learn at that meeting. It didn't matter. I had all that freedom to minister the way that I had done all my life. I needed a deeper discipline to learn how to become one with the Lord and one with my brothers and sisters. The training got harder than ever. The training got harder than ever, but he was rapidly learning more and more how to obey the slightest wish of the master and to respond to even the quietness of his voice. And I saw that there had been no, and I saw that there had been no training, no testing. There would have been no, there would neither, excuse me, there would have been neither submission nor rebellion from either of the cults. For in the field, they did not have to choose. They did not have the choice to rebel or submit. They were sinless in their innocence. But, but, brought, but, but when brought to the place of testing and training and discipline, then was made manifest the obedience of one and the rebellion of the other. And though it seems safer not to come to the place of discipline because of the risk of being found rebellious, yet I saw that with, without this, there could be no sharing of his glory and no sonship. Finally, the period of training was over. Was he now rewarded with his freedom and sent back to the fields? Oh, no. Oh, no. A greater confinement than ever now took place as a harness dropped over his shoulders. Now he found there was not even freedom to run about the small corral, for in the harness he could only move with where and when his master spoke. And unless the master spoke, he stood still. The scene changed, and I saw the other cult standing on the side of hill, nibbling at some grass. Then across the fields, down the road, came the king's carriage, drawn by the six horses. With amazing, he saw that in the lead, on the right side, was his brother's colt, now made strong and mature on the good corn in the master's stable. He saw the lovely pom-poms shaking in the wind. He noticed the glittering gold-bordered harness about his brother. He heard the beautiful tinkling of the bells on his feet, and envy came into his heart. Then he complained to himself, why has my brother been so honored? Why And, and I am neglected. They have not put bells on my feet, nor pom-poms on my gold harness. And they have not put, uh, put about me the gold harness. Why have they chosen my brother instead of me? And by the spirit, the answer came back to me as I watched, because one submitted to the will and discipline of the master, and one rebelled. Thus has one been chosen and the other set aside. Then I saw a great drought sweep across the countryside and green grass became dead, dry, and brown and brittle. The little streams of water dried up, stopped flowing. There was only a small muddy puddle here and there I, and here and there. Then I saw the young colt. The little colt, I was amazed that it never seemed to grow mature as he ran here and there across the fields looking for fresh streams and green pastures, finding none. Still he ran seemingly in circles, always looking for something to feed his famished spirit. 
But there was a famine in the land, and the rich green pastures and flowing streams of yesterday were not to be had. And one day the colt stood on the hillside on weak and wobbly legs, wondering where to go next to find food and how to get the strength to do it. It seemed like there was no use for good food and flowing streams were a thing of the past. And all the efforts to find more only taxed his waning strength. Suddenly he saw the king's chariot come down the road, pulled by great by these great six horses. And he saw his brother, fat and strong, muscles ripping, sleek and beautiful, with much grooming. His heart was amazed and perplexed, and he cried out, My brother, where do you find the food to keep you strong and fat in these days of famine? I've run everywhere in my freedom, searching for food, and I find none. Where do you, in your awful confinement, find food in this time of drought? Tell me, please, I must know. When the answer came back from a voice filled with victory and praise, he said, in my master's house, there's a secret place in the, in the confining limitations of his stables where he feeds me by his own hand and his granaries never run empty and his well never runs dry. And with this, the Lord made me to know that in this day, when people are weak and famished in their spirits, in the time of spiritual famine, that those who have lost their own wills and have come to the secret place of the Most High into the utter confinement of his perfect will shall have plenty of corn of heaven and a never-ending flow of flesh streams of revelation by the Spirit. And then the vision ended. Praise God. Now here's the interpretation. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Then may run that readeth it. Harness the horse and get up, ye horsemen, Jeremiah 46.4. I'm sure that many of you can hear what the Spirit says to the church, have already seen what God is showing in this vision. But let me make it plain. Being born into the family of God, feeding in the green pastures, and drinking of the many streams of unfolding revelation of His purpose is fine and wonderful, but is not enough. While we were children, young and undisciplined, limited only by outer fences of the law, and then ran around the limits of the pastures that kept us from getting into the dark pastures of poison weeds, he was content to watch us develop and grow into young manhood, spiritually speaking. But the time came to those who fed in his pastures and drank at his streams when they were to be brought into discipline or child training for the purpose of making them mature sons. This is not something you hear being taught very much by the body of Christ or even in those that are preaching the kingdom message at this time that are coming out of the church age. Why? Because they don't necessarily know this discipline. They don't understand quite how this harness operates of the Lord. Many of the children today cannot understand that some of those who have been that have put on the harness of God cannot get excited by the many religious games and playful antics of the immature. They wonder why the disciplined ones, ones run not after every new revelation or feed on every opportunity to engage seemingly good and profitable religious activities. They wonder why some will not race with them in their frantic efforts to build a great work and great and notable ministries. That is powerful because I've heard a lot of persecution being spoken against those that won't get with the program. You know, there must be something wrong with them. They're rebellious. 
you know, because you're not getting into what God is doing. You're not in the flow of what the Lord's doing right now. They wonder why the disciplined ones run not after every new revelation or feed on every opportunity to engage seemingly good and profitable activities. They wonder why some will not race with them. And their frantic effort to build great works or great and notable ministries. They can't understand the simple fact that this company of saints is waiting for the voice of the master. And they do not hear God in all this outward activity. Hmm. They will move in their time when the master speaks, but not before. Though many temptations come from the playful cults, come and join this organization. Come join this organization. You want to be on the cutting edge of what the Lord's doing today. And the cults cannot understand why those who seemingly appear to have great abilities and strength are not putting it to good use. Get the carriage on the road, they say. But the disciplined ones, those in God's harness, know better than to move before they hear the voice of the master. They will move in their time and purpose and great responsibility. The Lord made me to know that there were many whom he had brought into training who had rebelled against this discipline, the chastening of the father. They could not be trusted with the great responsibility of mature sonship. So let them go back to their freedom, back to their religious activities, revelations, and gifts. That's exactly what 2020 was all about. That 2020, when God stopped everything, when God brought the whole church in the world to a, to, a pause, uh, to a pause, it was to burn the ships. It was to stop the activity. The Lord wanted to see who would stop and come and seek him afresh. And yet you can see in many ministries and even kingdom-minded people that the urge to the drive to go back and do, 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 do has overwhelmed them. To build, 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 build. Do something, do something, do something. And that seems good and fine. But as I read in the last one, as I read at the last podcast about, you know, about the, the, the doors, you know, the, the, the doors, you know, the, the, the choosing of the doors, that the last door of meeting the heart of God was the door that you got everything. Most of the, of the leaders today cannot understand the simple fact that there are many maturing saints are waiting for the voice of the master and they do not hear God in all the outward activity. And Lord made, yes, they could not be trusted with great responsibility of mature sonship. So they, so he let them go back to their freedom, back to their religious activities and revelations and gifts. They are still his people. And that's really important to still feeding in his pastures, but he has set them aside from the great purposes of the end of the age. And that's what I've been trying to share over and over and over and over is that we don't realize this is a qualifying and disqualifying time of who we're going to choose. So they revel in their freedom, feeling that they were the chosen ones with many streams of living waters, not knowing they have been set aside as unfit for the great work in this end time age. And that is going to happen. So many are building right now, and they're to me, it looks in some cases they're just absolutely driven, driven to build, driven to do. They have a word from the Lord, but they have not waited on the Lord. They don't know the restraint of the Lord or the timing of the Lord. Or even if they start to move, they want to go faster, 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 faster. And this is something we all have to learn as ministers not to move without the Lord. Amen. 
He showed me that through the chasten, through the chastening seemeth grievous for the time, and the discipline hard to endure, yet the result with all yet the result will be with all the glory of sonship is worth it all, and the glory to follow far exceeds the suffering we endure. And though some lose even their lives in the training, yet they will share alike in the glory of eternal purposes. So faint not, saints of God, for it is the Lord that does bring thee into confinement and not the enemy. It is for thy good and the glory, so endure all things with praise and thanksgiving, that he has counted thee worthy to share his glory. Fear not the whip in his hand, for it is not to punish thee, but to correct thee and train thee, that thou, that thou mightest come into submission to his will and be found in his likeness in that hour. Rejoice, though in many trials and all thy tribulations and glory, thou in the cross and the confining limitations of his harness. For he has chosen thee and has taken upon himself the responsibility of keeping thee strong and well fed. So lean thou upon him and thou not in thy own ability and thine own understanding. So shall thou be fed and his hand shall be upon thee and thy glory shall overshadow thee and shall flow through thee as it goes forth to cover the earth. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. He's wonderful. Let him be the Lord of your life, friend, and complain not at which he brings to pass in your life. For in this hour, when famine sweeps the land, he shall feed his own. He will feed by his own hand those who are submitted to his perfect will and who dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. When terror stalks the land, those in the harness shall not be afraid, for they shall feel his bitten bridle and know the guidance of his spirit. When others are weak and frail and fearful, there shall be those who will be strong in the power of his might and shall lack no good thing. In the hour when the traditions of the religious system have proven false and their streams have dried up, then, this, then the, his chosen ones will speak forth the true word of the Lord. So rejoice, sons of God, that you have been chosen by his grace for this great work in this last hour. The fence which kept the colts in their own meadows and their own pastures means nothing to the team in the harness for the gates open to them. They go forth pulling the king's car carriage into many strange and wonderful places. They do not stop to eat the poison weeds of sin, for they feed only in the master's stable. Their fields they trample under their feet as they go forth in the king's business. As and and, and so to those that are brought into absolute subjection to his will, there is no law. But they move in the grace of God that only by the spirit where all things are lawful, but not all things expedient. This is a dangerous realm for the undisciplined and many have perished in sin as they leaped over the fence without the harness and his bridle. Some have thought of themselves as being completely harnessed and submissive to him only to find that in some avenue of their life, there dwells rebellion and self-will. Let us wait before him until he puts his noose around us and draws us into his place of training. And let us learn of the dealings of God and the movings of the spirit until at least we feel the harness drop about us and hear his voice guiding us. Then there is safety from the traps and the pitfalls of sin. Then shall we abide in his house forever. Amen. I thought that was a powerful vision of the Lord, especially for this hour that we're living in right now. All of us, that are hungering and thirsting after the Lord, are falling in love with Jesus as our first love, are coming under this harness, this discipline and training. And you can see the other coats are outside. Come on, join us, join our organization, join what we're doing, join us now. This is what we have to do. We're going to build, build this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And yet inside of you 
is a restraint for somehow you know, I can't join that. I can't be part of that because God is working in me. I can't understand what he's doing. I don't understand everything that's going on, but I can't move without him. I can't just go do things. I have to wait. I have to listen. And I have to, I have to allow the Lord to connect me with whom he wants me to connect. Not me making my own connections. Not me trying to fill up my, my ministry calendar book. Not me trying to build something for the Lord, but waiting for the Lord to build me and to build me together with the other body parts that he wants me to so that each part can supply what the other needs is and perfect unity, love, and harmony where there's no big people, no little people, just God's people. He's our God, we're his people. And where the fivefold ministries function together with the maturing saints and even the younger saints, where there's no lording over people. There's no, uh, you need me as your spiritual father. And you, I am your spirit. You do what I tell you to do. Be faithful to what I ask you to do. None of that is in this in this realm because all of them have been disciplined by the Lord. All of them have been trained by the Lord. And now we can function together because all, all of those that are in this company, in this wheel within a wheel, this man-child company have learned to listen and not move without the Lord. They've been taught and they're being taught and they're being trained to be absolutely still, to absolutely wait until the Lord makes plain his plans and purposes. And they're willing to wait as long as necessary. And when that itch to go comes, they wait. And when others say, let's join and let's go do all this together, they wait. They wait until God says so. They wait till God speaks. They wait till God gives the direction. And that is the work that God is doing personally in his remnant's life right now. Learning to stay still, to wait, to listen, to move only when he moves, to speak only when he speaks, to go only when he says go. And in that, you know, God is removing us trying to do things in our own strength. He's trying to remove the mixture of flesh and spirit in his church and in his leaders so that it's not sometimes flesh, sometimes spirit. That it's totally a people that are those trained, beautiful horses with the pom-poms and the bells, and they only move at the master's command. Those are God's full-grown sons. Those are God's kingdom, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, and evangelists. Those are the saints of God that Jesus is going to be seen glorified in. And that's where we are right now. So I pray this little video helps you tonight, this little podcast, as I read it, it really talked about submitting to the submission of God, to the training of God. Each one of us is getting trained through life circumstances to submit to God, to not choose what we want, to wait on the Lord, to learn, to find out what he wants, his choices. And to those that will submit to that, they're being prepared to work with the Lord in his end times purposes. To those that are rebelling against that, that don't want to wait, that want to go out and build, you know, I got a word from the Lord. I got revelation, like it said in the, in the, in the interpretation. And they just want to run with it. And they're just running with it. And guess what? The enemy's bringing even people around them saying, run with it, run with it, run with it. And they can't tell the difference. They think it's the Lord. So that the en enemy can bring forth that ministry prematurely, prematurely so it could die. But there is a people who are listening, learning the restraint of the Lord, getting the harness of the Lord, that are willing to be disciplined, chastened, scourged by the Lord, that won't move without him, that so desire to be one with him is burning within them that they're ready to give up every other desire, every other plan and purposes just to be his so they can function together with him and he can function together with them. And then God can take that one that's fit, that one that's yielded and this one is yielded and knit us together to form a wheel within a wheel, an end time army that only move together as that beautiful carriage and those horses with the Lord. Amen. Well, I hope this ministers to your heart. And I pray right now 
for all those listening and watching this podcast, that, that you would be willing. Say, Jesus, I'm willing. If you are, I'm willing. I want to submit to that process of the training inside. Lord, inside, Lord. We don't want to be outside the fence. We want to be inside the fence, the corral, Lord. And we're willing to be trained. We're willing to be taught. We're willing to be instructed in the ways that we should go and that you would guide us with your own eye. Lord, every place where we've rebelled, we ask you to forgive us. Every place we've been stubborn, we ask you to forgive us. And we ask you now, Lord, to remove every trace of rebellion and stubbornness that would cause us to want to jump out of the fence. For Lord, for what's coming, we must be prepared and fed from your stables, ready for the master's use. And I pray for everyone that wants that right now would receive a strengthening and empowerment tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Well, thank you for watching this broadcast. We love each and every one of you. Amen. This is Henry Falcon, your brother in Christ, your fellow bondservant of the Lord. Uh, this is Kingdom Moments with Henry Falcon. I'm glad that you could watch this podcast or listen to it. Amen. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.